in Joshua chapter 3, verse 2 through 7. I believe our theme for this time for us is we've been in this mountain long enough. And so this morning I'm going to talk about fortified for the journey. It's going to take a few minutes and then the lesson uh, will be yours. Joshua 3, verse 2 through 7. And it came to pass after three days that the officers went through the host. And they commanded the people, saying, When ye see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, and the priests, the Levites, bearing it, then ye shall remove from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it about 2,000 cubits by measure, come not near unto it, that ye may know the way by which ye must go. For ye have not passed this way heretofore. And Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And Joshua spake unto the priests, saying, Take up the ark of the covenant and pass over before the people. And they took up the ark of the covenant and they went before the people. And the Lord said unto Joshua, This day will I begin to magnify thee in the sight of all of Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses. So I will be with thee. The great lawgiver Moses come to a part in his journey where he made his way to the plains of Moab. And the Bible says that while he was there with the children of Israel that God led him up to Mount Nebo. Moses had taken the children of Israel as far as God would have allowed him to take them. What should have been a few days journey turned into decades. Forty years from Egypt to the plains of Moab. And God lead Moses up to Mount Nebo and he allows him to see the promised land. It reminds him that this is the land that flows with milk and honey. This is the promise that I made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This is the promise that your eyes will be able to see Moses, but your feet will not be able to touch this promise because Moses you have come as far as I will allow you to go. Y'all all right? 
And so, in this text here, where Moses, the great lawgiver, has now passed away. And the mantle has been, or the baton has been passed on to Joshua. And for 30 days, they mourn his death. And I don't know about you, but if I had been with someone as long as I had been with, or as long as the children of Israel had been with Moses, to see him leave before us and not come back down, uh, to understand that he is no longer with us, my heart would be broken as the children of Israel was. And the Bible said that they express their grief through mourning. Not only uh, did they mourn for just one day, the Bible said it took them 30 days to get this out of their system. Now the great lawgiver, the one who had set us free from being enslaved in prison in Egypt has led us through the Red Sea and has brought us to the plains of Moab and he's no longer going on with us. I don't know how you would feel but I know some emotional times will have taken place with myself. Some of us have had people who have made a long journey with us and then all of a sudden they are no longer present in order to see what the future holds or whatever plans that we've made together they did not make it with us so here it is Joshua has been given the baton to carry on and the Bible says that God said Joshua you've mourned long enough wipe your tears Joshua the journey is not complete Moab uh, the plains of Moab was just the place that I wanted Moses to get the people to but Canaan is your journey yeah. so now I can see if I was Joshua I had never led these people although I worked with Moses can you see how difficult a transition this would be for anyone to take up the mantle that Moses carried the great lawgiver the Bible even says there's never or there will never be another one like Moses. And now I've been given the baton to take the children of Israel the rest of the way. Fortified for the journey. The Bible says that Joshua goes to the children of Israel and he explains to them that God is not through with us. And he tells them to gather among your leaders. We need 12 representation, which represents the 12 tribes of Israel. He says, I want us to take two men and I need to send them over to the place that God has prepared for us. And I want to show you in the scriptures and then the lesson will be yours that sometimes um, when we are trying to transition that there will be those who will not make the journey with us and then there will be those when we are embarking on a new journey who have not experienced the old journey 
will find it sometimes difficult to go to the new journey. But Joshua is going to remind him, listen, I was with Moses. I experienced the Egypt trip. Although I was not the leader at that time, but God will fortify us for this journey. And Joshua is going to show them that don't begin to worry and doubt. Although you were not there then, some of them did not experience the Egypt journey. That's why the Bible says that they wandered for 40 years. There were generations of people that died out. There were new births that happened. There were new people that were born. They were getting ready to go to a place they had never been before. And they had never seen God do what he can do. And the Bible says that he sends out two spies and when they get over the Jordan to Jericho uh, when they get over there uh, the scripture says that they arrived in Jericho and message was already there uh, regarding the children of Israel that when they made it there the word on the ground was that uh, the Israelites are coming the Israelites are coming because we heard about what happened uh, in Egypt. We heard about your journey through the Red Sea. So they were already nervous and expecting a defeat because of what they had already heard about the children of Israel. What are you saying, preacher? God can do some great things in our lives. And when he does great things in our lives for God's people, we don't have to brag about what God is doing for us or has done for us. His message and his word and what he has done will go out before us. And even before we get to where we're supposed to get to, they will already be murmuring and talking about the greatness of God's people. Mountain View has been doing a great work while we've been here at this location. We've always done a great work while we've been here at this location. And so when we get to where we need to go to, the murmur should already be, we heard about what you've already done in 4111. Now we are excited and we are expecting you to come to 7979 and do great things. The Bible says in chapter 2, verse 7 through 11, and the men pursued after them the way to Jordan unto the fords. And as soon as they were, which pursued after them were gone out, they shut the gate. And before they laid down, she came up to them upon the roof. And she said unto the men, I know that the Lord hath given you the land and that your terror is fallen upon us and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. Well, what happened? The spies get here. And, and, and word is already present. And the Bible says that the king at this time, he gets a message that, hey, there are some spies. They are already over here uh, trying to seek out the land. And he said, listen, we got to catch these guys. So they run to a harlot's house named Rahab, and she hides the two spies. And, and, and what Rahab does, she said, listen, the reason that you were received this way, the reason that they were trying to capture you, the reason that the king is upset that you over here, we already know what you're going to do to us. We already expect 
to lose this battle. And so what we were trying to do or what they were trying to do was stop you. We're trying to deny you what you already, what we already expect to happen. And so the Bible says that in verse number eight, number nine, and she said unto the, to the men, I know the Lord has given you the land and that your terror is fallen upon us and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you. And when you came out of Egypt and what he did unto the two kings. Sometimes our battle is already won before we even get to go and engage in it. This one. Joshua instructions for the journey. And the people on the other side of Jordan and Jericho, the anticipation of what was going to happen to them, they were already feeling the effects before the children of Israel even stepped foot in Jericho. Why? Because they knew about what God that they served had previously done. Although they did not witness it themselves, it was such talk in that time what had happened that what God did behind them was powerful enough, strong enough that the winds of the conversation blew across the Jordan and it had arrived at the place that God was getting ready to take his people. What God would do even before we arrived. Second point, prepare the people by consecrating them. The spies that come back. Rahab hires them and they go back with the message. And they tell Joshua, listen, they are expecting us and they're already scared. Don't miss this now. Most of us would take that information and realize that, hey, they are already afraid of us. They know they're going to lose. So let's just rush on over there and take this land that God said he was going to give to us. And we don't have to listen to what Joshua's going to tell us. We already know that we're going to be victorious. Why? Because messages have already come back that they expect to lose. But what Joshua does, he slows them down. Why? Because he says, before you can go, there are some things that has to happen. What is it, Joshua? I need to get you fortified and get you consecrated for the journey. Y'all can't miss this now, and then I'm going to sit down. Chapter 3 in verse 3 through 5, the Bible says in Joshua 3, verse 3 through 5, and they commanded the people, saying, When ye see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, and the priests, the Levites bearing it, then ye shall remove from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Come not near unto it, that ye may know the way by which ye must go, for ye have not passed this heretofore. He says, uh, and Joshua said unto the people, sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Well, what are you saying, Joshua? 
It's kind of like, oh, these are terrible times for us. These are things that some of us have not witnessed before. So I was at work and a young man and I was, was talking about voting. And he said, man, I don't vote. He was 25. He says, I, I don't believe in voting. And uh, there were two older women there. And one of them got so angry, so upset. I mean, she went off. And I said, Mr. Thompson, you ain't, you ain't saying anything. And I was listening to him, and, and, and I told him, I, I, said, I said, well, the way she approached him, it, 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 I mean, it wasn't going to do anything for him. It just made him even hotter. <laughs> and so they're going back and forth. And as I'm listening to him, and I told I pulled him to him, I said, hey, man, listen. I understand what you're saying. You can't relate to then because you weren't born during that time. But every day you come to work, you talk about all of this mess that's going on around you. If you're not going to vote for then, at least vote for what's going on right now. Now listen, I, I can't argue because I don't know what happened then. And sometimes some of us don't do things because we can't what? Relate to then. And we make all this, I don't understand then, but you understand right now. You understand every time you turn on television, somebody's being shot down. When you drop your children off at school, you don't know if you're going to get a call that somebody went in there and went crazy. You can't go to the grocery store in peace. There are a whole lot of different things that are going on right now. So let's not have an argument about then. Let's talk about right now. And so Joshua... I can see those that are present with him. They cannot relate to what God did then. That's why Joshua said, you haven't experienced this before. He says, hold up. I don't need you rushing over the Jordan to get to Jericho. He says, before you get ready to go, I need to get you consecrated. I need to get you prepared to go. I need to get you sanctified to go. Well, how are you going to do it, Joshua? I'm going to send the Levites, the priests out before us, and they're going to take with them. They're going to carry the Ark of the Covenant before us. And before you cross over, God is going to go before us. I can't relate to the Red Sea. I can't relate to the fire. I can't relate to what God did for my ancestors and my, my ancestors before and, and, and those who were before me because I was born during the 40 years of wondering. I didn't experience what God, all I did was hear about what God did. But now I am asked to do something I have never experienced before and I'm also asked to follow a leader who has never had to lead in a capacity the way that he's asked to lead now the Bible says that God said listen Joshua I'm going to do something specifically for you because what God wanted to do was to reassure them that Joshua is my man. They were conditioned and used to what Moses did and what Moses said. 
Joshua had never been in that position before to lead the way that God wanted him to lead. I know just like anybody, there were those who perhaps doubted Joshua's leadership. There were those who, who probably questioned what Joshua was getting ready to do because they had never experienced where they were getting ready to go by the God that was getting ready to lead them. And the Bible says this. Let's look at it again. He says, and Joshua in verse number six, spake unto the priest saying, take up the ark of the covenant and pass over before the people. And they took up the ark of the covenant and went before the people. And the Lord said unto Joshua, this day will I begin to do what? To magnify thee in the sight of all Israel that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. What are you saying, Joshua? What are you saying? God said, hold on. I need to clarify some things. That this is the angel that I have chosen to lead God's people. What are you saying, preacher? J.K. Hamilton is the angel of this house. God has consecrated him to lead God's people. We don't need to run out before him. We need to let God fortify him, sanctify him, clarify what he expects for him to do. And then God is going to bless his people. He's going to bless the leaders that are with Joshua. He says, listen, he says, I'm going to send the ark of the covenant. But what was the ark of the covenant? The Ten Commandments. It was the commandments that Moses was given. And he says, listen, I want you to go into the middle of the midst of Jordan. And when you get there, I'm going to receive the waters. And I'm going to clear the way. Why does God have to do this? I didn't experience the Red Sea journey. I don't know what to expect going over to Jericho. And God said, I'm going to show you. How are you going to show you? I'm going to let the people know the same way I was with Moses. And when Moses spoke, things happened. Joshua, I want to fortify you. And I want people to know that I have chosen you to be the leader. How are you going to do it, God? I'm going to put light on you. I'm going to sanctify you. And I'm going to clarify this thing. And he says, I'm going to do it before who? All of Israel. I'm going to send the Ark of the Covenant out first. And it's going to fortify the way. And when the people see it, I want them to head toward the Ark of the Covenant. Let's read this and then the lesson of yours. Watch this. In verse 8, he says, And thou shalt command the priests that bear the ark of the covenant, saying, When ye are come to the brink of the water, Jordan, ye shall stand still in Jordan. And Joshua said unto the children of Israel, Come hither and hear the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, Hereby ye shall know that the living God is among us, and that he will without fail drive out before us uh, the Canaanite. And so what God was getting ready to do, he said, listen, I know word is that you're coming. But I haven't given it to you yet. He says, if you be patient and let me go before you, I'm going to take care of your enemies before you. 
even before you get there. You don't have to create a plan. You don't have to try to scheme and put something together. He simply says, listen, he says, I'm going to go before you. And I'm going to take care of your enemies before you. But if you leap out before I'm ready for you to go, you're not going to be successful. Even though word on the street is that you're coming and that God is powerful. But if you go before I send you, if you go before I'm ready before you to go, then you're not going to be successful in your journey. We've been at this mountain long enough. We have. Some of us don't want to let go of this mountain because it's a comfort place for us. We've grown up here. We've had loved ones and family members that have been here with us. And we don't want to let go of this mountain. How do you know? Because there have been murmurings among us. Some have jumped off. Why? Because they don't want to let go of this mountain. But God said, listen, I am expecting you to cross Jordan right now. Why? Because I have a land that has been prepared for you. You can stay on the mountain if you want to stay. But the children of Israel and the Ark of the Covenant, we are going over to the other side. And if you want to be where God is, you need to come on board and start the journey with us. And start the march through Jordan and get on over to Jericho. And don't worry about the enemies that are already there. I'm going to take care of them. But you got to do it the way that I tell you to do it. I hear you, Brother Thompson. But we have human nature in us. And sometimes we doubt things that we don't quite understand. And even as one of your leaders, there are times that I was doubting. Became discouraged just like you. Frustrated with the process that we were experiencing. Could have done like a lot of us, jump ship. It's easy to get off when the boat is rocking. We talked about this from the beginning. So many people were excited about what we were getting ready to go and what we was getting ready to do. But as soon as a little turbulence happened, as soon as the ship began to rock a little bit, you can hear the murmuring among the members saying, why did we take this journey? It was doubt among the members. Doubt among those of us who was leaders because we began to question ourselves. Why? It's human nature. And some of us could not relate to then. And that's why we couldn't appreciate the now. And what God says, listen, I am going to fortify you. He says, it may not happen when you expected it to happen, but it's going to happen. And he says, if you just wait for my sign and allow me to go before you, I promise I'm going to make the land worth your wait. You see, there was some turbulence along the way and there are things that happen in our human nature. We wanted to throw in the towels, but we had to be reminded along the way. Hold up! God is still in control. He 
He's saying, listen, I'm in the middle of the Jordan River and I've stopped the waters and I'm just telling you to look in the right place. The priests are already there. The path has already been cleared. All you got to do now is take your faith and start the journey. We don't have to talk about then. We need to talk about right now. And so God reminds Joshua, I'm going to magnify you because I want the people to know that you are my leader. You are my angel and you are leading my people. The Bible says that they began their journey because they knew what God was capable of doing. And God specifically and purposely did exactly what he needed to do. And he is doing the same thing for us today. He never said our journey was going to be easy. The two spies went out and although they heard about the murmuring and all the chatter that was going on, they still was trying to take them out. What are you saying? There are still going to be enemies. There's still going to be uh, headwinds that we're going to face. But the Bible says that if we allow God to go before us, 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 he will clear the way so you and I can make the journey. He didn't expect us, expect us to cross Jordan by ourselves. He didn't expect us to get to Canaan and fight by ourselves. He didn't expect us to conquer where we're going by ourselves. It's one of the things we try to encourage about it. Continue to work and continue to serve. Continue to work and continue to serve. Don't get distracted by what's going on before us. All you and I can take care of is right now. All we can take care of is right now. Right now is what we're responsible for. you like I told a young man listen you can't worry about then now one of the most powerful things you and I have is when we get to the voting booth how much money you got how much money you don't have all our vote equal the same you won't change you want to see something different get up and go vote most of us complain about standing like I've been working all day all of us been working all day they gave you two weeks to go vote early. Now you got one day. Some of us got different issues that we deal with. Listen, I'm telling you, I'm not telling you how to vote, but I'm telling you, you need to vote. Amen. Now I want to hear all this whining and complaining about all this and that, all this and that. Yes, but what did you do? That's how I end my conversation with people who don't vote. When they tell me they didn't vote, I keep moving. Because I don't want to hear all your whining and complaining. If you don't believe what God can do for us, all your whining and complaining, that means you don't trust him the way that you need to trust him. One of the things God did, and I'm going to conclude here, is that the 12 men that were selected, 
He told them to go back to where the priests were. And I want you to take a stone, 12 stones. And he said, I want this to be a memorial. I want this to be a reminder of the faith that you had in God. For all I trust him. And he said, and when your children ask about the stones, when, you, when they look at the stones and they begin to question, what are the 12 stones symbolic of? Remind them of the journey from the plains of Moab through the Jordan River to the plains of Jericho to the land of Cain, Canaan that flows with milk and honey. When they see the stones, and some of us need to look at the stones that have been laid in memorial. Look behind you and say, what are those stones for? What are those scars and bruises for? What are the things, uh, what, what's, what's the purpose of that? And remind them what God did for us to bring us this far. Sometimes I can hear the old people crying out saying, you don't know what I've been through. You don't know what journey I took to help you get to where you are. You may not be able to relate to the den, but look at the wounds that I have to show you about the den. Monica Claude was talking with Brother Hurd. Everybody talks to Brother Hurd. And we were talking about voting this morning. He said, Brother Thompson, I got something I, I can show you. I said, what's that? He said, I can show you what a poll tax was. I got a receipt on how they used to make us pay to come vote. And I thought about those things. Even in my mind, just trying to imagine it, I can't even begin to imagine things like that. And some of us can't even imagine. Some of the children of Israel can imagine being in bondage and being enslaved. They can imagine going through the Red Sea. Why? Because that was a den experience for them. And so it was hard probably for some of them to understand what Joshua was getting ready for them to do. And the same thing for some of us are trying to figure out why we need to do that, why we need to do that. God has a purpose. He has a reason for everything that he does. And it is up to you and I to trust in him. Look at the stones. Look at the stones. Look at what they symbolize for us. For all I trust him. And that's what God is expecting for us Mountain View, God has said, I expect for you to trust me. I did not bring you out here to stay in the plains of Moab. That was not this journey. This is not our final destination. It is not. It is not. God has more for us. And he expects more for us. And he has prepared more for us. The question is... While you are sitting in the plains of Moab, are you going to try to hang out and stay behind? Or are you going to move forward and look where God is and make sure that God is leading us in the right direction? If you're here this morning, you're not a member of the Lord's church. And you're trying to understand what is it I need to do in order to save my soul in this world. The Lord's church is still in the saving business. We're still in the saving business. We still believe in preaching the gospel that Jesus Christ came, died, 
and that he got up on the third day that you and I may have a right to the tree of life. We still believe that you got to go down in the water of the grave of baptism and that God will add you to his family, to his church. He will add you to his body. And he will give you a gift. What is that gift? The spirit of God. And it will aid us in all things in this life. It would help us. It would guide us. Doesn't mean that you and I won't make mistakes, that we won't mess up, that we won't doubt God, that we won't question God. It doesn't mean that. It means that God is in us. And, and if we allow him to lead us, then he'll help us to where we need to be. And if you're here this morning, you're a member of the Lord's church, and you just need prayer. I don't know what you expect.